Uh, the Lord is good. Lord is good. Um, Matt, you can go ahead and throw up Isaiah 35. We've been in this series that we're kicking off, aren't it? Kicked it off last week about worship. And I just, my heart is so full because his presence changes everything. His presence changes everything. That's what, that's what I feel like the scripture is, is telling us. We're going we're gonna to read through all ten verses. and I want you, I want you to look at, if you, you can pull out your Bibles, you can uh, flip through and follow along with me in whatever translation you want to. But I just want you to think about the whole, the whole premise of today is his presence changes everything. It changes your life. Changes what your work looks like. It changes how you love. It changes how you view things. It changes how you play a song. It, it changes every single thing. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm I'm overwhelmed by His presence <laughs> today. Definitely. We don't feel it every day. Sometimes it's deserts. <laughs> is what we're going to read. Sometimes it's dry. Sometimes it's broken, sometimes it's uh, painful, and other times it's joyous, it's lush, it's beautiful, it's miraculous. I didn't write any of this down, because <laughs> I'm just, that's what I'm feeling today. That's what I'm feeling today. And I hope that you are able to feel it too. I really do. I hope you can engage with his presence today in this room. Because it's, it's here. It's manifested in this place. It's manifested in you, in your body, in your bones, in your life. So I, I pray right now, um, I'm just going to pray, Lord, we, we thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Son that you've given us. May it touch us. May it impact us. May it feed us. May it overwhelm us. Lord, let us remember who you are and what you have done and who you are in our life. God, let that just stir inside of us something so beautiful, Lord, that things start to spring up, that flowers start to spring up, that water starts to gush forth, that words and praises start to spring up from within us. God, we thank you for your life, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. We thank you for it, Lord. And may you just guide me. Guide my mouth, guide my mind, guide my heart. Lord, and, and let those words that you want to speak through me uh, minister to, to one person. Let it to minister to the one person in this room that needs to know one person that's ears need to be open, that eyes need to be able to be seen to be aware of your presence today, God. So we give, we give you today, we give you this week, we give you our lives. Uh, we thank you for it. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I, I, as, we're, as we're about to read this, I just, I think about our worship, I think about this building, I think about what... <laughs> 
why? <laughs> That's just my, my thought, why? Why, why, am I, why am I standing here? Why am I standing on this platform? Why are these guys playing musician, being musicians and playing and singing and guiding us? I'm thinking, why? Why do we do this? Um, and I want, I want to dig in a little bit, a little bit to that today and try to, try to comprehend, try to understand why we stand and sing and raise our hands and, and shout and love and give, give, give what we have for him. I don't know, I just, I just think about that. Like, why, why? Andy, Andy says, hey, we want to talk about streams in the desert. And I think about worship, and my mind is just like, why? I don't know. Why? <laughs> why, do, why are we in this building? Why are, we, why are these lights here? I don't, I don't know. Just, I think about that. That's just my, where my mind goes. And so I, I'm just kind of premising a little bit of, of wanting you to think about that a little bit. So let, let's read in Isaiah 35. Um, we're starting off verse 1, 1 through 10 here. So the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with a vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like deer and the mute tongue shall shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts, Where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Yes. That's, that's his word. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's right. That's good. <laughs> that is good. I tell you what. Um, I, think about, I think about the Old Testament, how in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they were, they were created, and Adam was, to, was commanded, God said, tend, tend and keep this garden. Tend and keep and care for it. And I think about what, what, does, that, what does that look like? I think about Moses wrote the uh, Genesis, and he was saying that Adam and Eve were to care for the sanctuary. Care for this place that his presence is around. It's manifested right here. And he's saying to care for it, to guard it, to love it, to keep it, to worship it. To worship this this world that he has created. The beauty of the, I I just look out and I, I think about the beauty of the fall. I think about the way that we are created to just look at that and 
see his presence, see his glory all around us. And so when I'm, when I'm thinking about that, Adam and Eve, then it was like Moses and Arnick. Arnick referenced this last week. He, he wanted his presence to be right there, and he created this holy place, this presence, this Ark of Covenant that God had told them and created and fashioned and did all these things and had this outer court and this inner court and the most holy place and where his presence manifested because we want to be so close to him. But we forget, we get distracted. We're trying to find different ways, different things to do. I got to do more. I need to create more and but his presence, it's all around us. It's all around us. And I, and I thank you, God, for your presence because his presence changes everything. It changes everything. I'm going I'm to keep saying that until you guys get it. But <laughs> what I'm saying is his presence changes everything. We want it so much that we're going we're gonna to build something and put his presence in it. And we're going to care and keep it. But the thing is, that didn't work. And... Jesus actually said that things are going to change. He's going to make it different. And so uh, in the Old Testament, David was like, I'm going to take your, your glory and your presence. I want, to, I want to put it right next to my palace. I'm going to put it in Jerusalem. And, and David uh, ended up like pitching a tent, I'm pretty sure. He pitched a tent. They, he created all these things, and then they take the Ark of Covenant, and he's like, ah, I think I'm going to build my palace, and we're going to actually be in First Chronicles real quick. And... He's like, I'm going to build my palace, and I'm actually going to pitch a tent right here, and I'm going to put his presence in there. <laughs> but the thing is, David was alluding to something so much, so much more beautiful. So much more beautiful. David, David was probably, I don't even know, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think he was one of, the, one of the first people that was not a priest. He was a king, and he said, I want his presence here, and I'm going to Love it. I'm going to go and actually sit in his presence. That, that, that wasn't normal. Pretty sure the Levites were like uh, the only people that could tend and care for all those things. Like Again, Arnica alluded to that, that Levites were to protect this place. They were to tend and keep Moses' tabernacle. But David was like, nah. <laughs> he was like, nah, I'm good. He was a God, man after God's own heart. He's alluding to what we are to do here, to sit in his presence, to love his presence, because his presence changes everything. So in, in First Chronicles, uh, they're going to throw it up there, uh, I just, I had to read this because it was, um, it was so just interesting to me because I, I, I think he got it wrong a little bit, and that's okay because, you know, we're all fallible. Uh, in First Chronicles... Forget where I had them at. Go out. Yeah, one. So um, he had just made this. He said, after David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, "Here I'm living in this house, and while the ark of covenant of the Lord is is under a tent." Again, he's just like it's under a tent. This isn't worthy of the presence of God. I want. He's, David's like, hmm. I want to do something. I'm going to build something. I, I really want to do something different than that. And that's, that's noble. That's noble. A lot of times we want to do something different. But God, God has a different plan. God has a different plan for that. So this is what he says. Um, it says that 
uh, Nathan replied to David. He said, whatever you have in mind, man. But at that night, the word, came, word of God came to Nathan, the prophet. And he said, go and tell my servant. Right here, this is funny. Go and tell my servant. This is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. And what, what David had thought and what a lot of people had thought, well, oh, hmm, who is it then that's going to build this house for me to dwell in? Because that's all they knew. Of course, a lot of people think it was Solomon, right? Solomon built this temple in Jerusalem, all those things. But that's, that's not, that's, again, he's alluding to something even greater than that. So we're going to jump, we're going to jump over to, I think it's 10. Um, and it says right here, so, and this is all in the same, same thing that, that Nathan is, being, or is hearing from God. And he says, I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. The Lord is going to build a house for you. And it says, when your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons. Uh, hmm, Solomon. That's who we think it is, Solomon, right? It's going to be my son, Solomon. Sorry, something different. He says, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. And he is the one who will build a house for me. And I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. And I will never take away my love from him. As I took it away from your predecessor, I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. So again, we're trying our best. David tried his best. I think even in the next one, he's like, Lord, I pray I'm going to have somebody build and all, all the things. He just keeps, and then I think Solomon ends up building a, a temple. But, I, but what I want to let you guys know today is that he's building something with you. He's building something with each one of you. And, and I just, I'm going to jump over to John real quick. Um, He's building a temple with us. So in John, uh, John 15, or sorry, 14, we're going to hop over there. It says in verse 19, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not come to you, but before long the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live in you or because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and I, sorry, I can't read my own, I scribble over my Bible. I, you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever keeps my commands is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So I think about the nature of God telling us that I love you, you are my people. And he says that if you keep my commands and love me, I will be there with you. I will show myself, the very last sentence, I will show myself to them. It's not going to be in a place. It's not going to be in something that you think is going to house the presence of God. It's going to be something greater. And all you have to do is just love me. That's why I wore this shirt right here. It says, Jesus, it says, you are loved. Right here. 
You are loved. Like we sang today, you're like a father and a son, like a mother, <laughs> like a hug from a mother. That is something that is so beautiful. So beautiful. And it's only the beginning. This time on, on earth right here, this is only the beginning. It alludes to, again, something so much greater. It alludes to this holy throne of every single person from every single tribe singing to him, loving him, being a kingdom that is glorious. And, and Lord, I just, my desire is that you just catch a glimpse of it right here in this place. When we walk into this space, I just care that you, that you catch a glimpse of the kingdom and glory that is to come. Because when we catch a glimpse of that, it changes everything. When we, when we want to sit at the feet, just like David did, sit at his presence, it changes everything. David said, one thing I seek, one thing that I want is to dwell in the house of the Lord for all the days of my life. Pretty sure there was another, another few people that did that as well. Mary was like, I'm just going to sit here and be at your feet. While all these other things are happening, yes, we, I, I totally value doing those other things too. Martha knew that. But Mary did the one thing, one, thing, one good thing. There's another woman that walked in and, and broke this alabaster jar and anointed Jesus and poured out everything that she had. And he's like, this is going to be remembered forever. This right here is going to be remembered forever. Because his presence changes everything. Just being there. Now, I, I was thinking as, as I'm preparing for this, and my, my head is all over the place. My head is all over the place. And I'm, I thank you for every single person that prayed over me and loved me and and touched me, and called me, and all the things, I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, but all I'm thinking about is just how gracious you guys are to me, and that's how he is to us. That's how he is to us. Just like it said in John, he lo you love him just as he loves us. Because when we love him, when he is the object of our worship, again, why are we here? Because he is the object of our worship. He is the sole focus. When he is the sole focus, everything changes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep saying it, everything changes. Not, not how well they sing, not how well you sing, not how high your hands are raised up in the air, not how quiet you are, none of those things. He loves you. There's a uh, St. Ambrose, I think is the name. I wrote, I wrote this down because I didn't want to get it wrong. This is a metaphor that she said uh, in regards to you guys. And I want, to, I want to read it because I want it to really help you grasp what, what that Jesus really thinks about us, what our Father really thinks about us. And it says, We are like little children who go to the garden to gather flowers to please our Father. 
Each one of you are like little children to gather flowers for our Father. But because we're so childish and unknowing, we gather weeds as flowers. There's a little bit of flowers in there, a little bit of weeds, some grass. I, I did. Kelly loves wildflowers, I'll tell you that right now. We drive past the, all, all the roads and you see all the purple little flowers on the side. She loves them. Okay. Now, but not everybody loves them. Some people want some nice bouquets, okay? That's all right. No, ain't no shame here. <laughs> Get you a bouquet, all right? Um, it says, these gathered flowers as weeds, but the offering is not rejected. Our Father does not reject these weeds and flowers all mixed together. But because, not because it's unworthy or impure. Not at all. It's like a, fa- or a mother meeting her child at the door. And Jesus plucks out every single weed. And he lays them aside. He plucks out all the weeds. He takes our singing. He takes our worship. He takes our work. He takes the shortcomings that we have as an offering for him, a sacrifice to him. Our lives as living sacrifices. And he just takes all those little shortcomings and places them to the side. He does. That's my encouragement to you today. Is that he takes all those little things that you feel like are not good enough, that you feel like are unworthy, that you feel like are impure, that you feel like, I didn't do it right, I didn't do it enough, and he puts it over to the side. And then he actually takes those flowers and he grabs better flowers. (laughs) And he sticks them in there. He sticks these better flowers in there that are sweeter than the ones that you even gathered. And then he puts them in place of the flowers and he takes this poorly tied bundle because, again, you're a little child. You don't know how to tie a little bundle and make it pretty. (laughs) This poorly tied bundle of flowers and he fashions it. He crafts it into this fragrant, beautiful bouquet and he presents it to his father for you. I say that, I'm telling you this. (laughs) I want you to envision it. I want you to imagine that Jesus is for you and not against you. That he loves you. That he cares for you. That he looks upon you and he's ravished by your worship. He's ravished by you so that we can be ravished by him. That we can behold him. That we can love him. That we can break everything and give it to him. That is my hope for this room. That is my hope for this body of believers. That when we gather here, that we don't lose that focus. That we don't lose that one thing. You guys know who that one thing is? I heard somebody whisper it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is that one thing. He is that one thing that I want all of us in this room, in this space to desire And what you have to give is exactly what he wants. Do you hear me? What you have to give is exactly what he wants. Because what you have is enough. I'm literally just saying that. What you have is enough. I was sitting right here, and I was thinking, what do I have to give everybody in this room today? 
I don't know if it's going to be profound enough. I don't know if it's going to sound cool enough. I don't know if I'm going to have enough examples like Jeremy Lamb does, or I'm going to have cool catchphrases like Andy does, or I'm going to, you know, get all hype like Arnick, or... That's, you know, that's all going through my mind. And then I held my son. Then I held my son right there. And as we sang, thought about our Father in heaven waiting for us to speak one little word and us just be so ravished by this little child that speaks one little word and says, blah. <laughs> doesn't even have to be a word. It doesn't even have to be a word. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to look at him and love him. That is what your father is doing to you. I hope you receive that today. I hope you're aware of that in this space today and every single day after it. That when you wake up, your father is waiting to catch a glimpse of your eye because it ravishes his heart. Please receive that. I don't know if you're going to receive it, but I want you to receive it. My heart is that you receive it because his presence changes your entire life. There was one time I was staying back here playing the bass, and I'm not a very good bass player, just so you guys know. Um, and I was, I was standing back there, and I was like, we were doing all these like licks, and Arnick Scott, you know, like with all these steps and things on, you know, these want to step me in the, in the song, and I, I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I'll tell you that right now, I can't do that. And the whole time I'm sitting there playing, and I'm just thinking, man, I really just hope I'm not a distraction. This is so terrible. Oh, I missed that note. Oh, man. And then you know what he did? And by he, I mean the Lord. He pointed me to this cross that was hanging right here. <laughs> and it broke me. I stopped playing. And I knelt down right there. And he said, I've given everything for you. It doesn't need to be that perfect. I just want you to look to me. I couldn't look up. There was a cross right here. I couldn't look up. I'll tell you right now. I, was, I, was, I felt so unworthy, but not in a bad way. You hear me? If you feel unworthy, it's not in a bad way. He says, I am so beautiful. I am so glorious. All you got to do is just look to me, and I will change everything in your life. That can happen. I, again, my desire and Andy and Melinda's desire for this space, for this room, is that you can get a sandwich, and then you can be healed all in this space. And it doesn't have to stay here. Because the temple is being created and formed inside of you is the presence of God that can change things as well. I'm not, I'm not saying anything in my notes, just so you guys know. I'm just like all over the place. Um, <laughs> that's not to say that I, 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 it's all in there. The thing, I've, I've just ravished, like I've just been all up on it, and uh, it's just coming out. So um, I say that because when he makes us children of God, he also makes us a royal priesthood. He's, they're going to throw up 1 Peter 
want you guys to go to 1 Peter. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It says that as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, this is, this is Jesus, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. You are a holy priesthood. Again, we talked about that tabernacle and how the Levites were caring for it. But again, it's, it's, Jesus, he had something way better. Jesus was saying, I'm going to make a royal priesthood to every single person that loves me, that is a call to be with me, that is a child of me. You guys are a royal priesthood. Lisa, you're a royal priesthood. Okay? To offer sacrifices and praise. We are chosen royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. This is him talking to the Gentiles. This is not talking to Israel. This is talking to the Gentiles. This is talking to us. <laughs> you are a special possession. You know, there's a parable that says that there was a treasure hidden in a field. Walked by, and he's like, wow, this treasure. He went and sold all this stuff and then came back and got the treasure. A lot of times we think that's us finding Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I, believe, I think it's Jesus finding us. He said, I'm going to go give myself. I'm going to go sell everything I have for this treasure that I found in the field. I'm going to go after that lost sheep because they matter. They're my special possession. And because of that, you can declare praises of him who called you out of what? The darkness. Into his wonderful light. Into his wonderful light. Again, we talked about streams and deserts. He's pulling us out of that desert, out of that pit, out of that mire, because we are special to him. And because we are special to him, oh boy, he is special to us. As, as I'm closing, right, you can come up, man. Uh, I'm going to pray. I want to pray out of Ephesians because uh, the scripture is so beautiful. That it's talking about us being built up and rooted and established in love. Earlier it said that we were living stones. Again, we were trying to have this covenant and he were trying to build something in Jerusalem, but the thing is, this body is what is being built together to house the presence of God. In this building, out in the field, on top of a parking garage, I know me and Arnick has been up on a parking garage, praising the Lord. But we are a body being built together, rooted and established in love to house his presence for it to change things. It changes people in this space who maybe don't even know who he is. It changes us. It changes everything. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm closing here. If you guys can just close your eyes because 
one, I'm nervous, and two, it's just better. It's just better. I think that's why we all close our eyes when we pray. It's just better, you know? As you close your eyes, I want you to I want you to imagine exactly what Andy said earlier. That you're in this embrace of your father that lasts so long because it is so warm, so beautiful. And I want, I want to pray this over you. Lord, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious riches that he may strengthen you in the power through his spirit, through his presence in your inner being, in every single person's inner being inside of here. At the sound of my voice, that your presence impacts them. Why, Lord? So that you, Christ, may dwell in their hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that his love that passes all knowledge and understanding, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now him to whom it, who is able to do immeasurably and more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power that is working within us. To him be the glory in you, in your family, in your parents, in your children, in the church. To him be the glory in your finances, in your workplace, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Draw me again into the center of your love, where I
One thing you can know about that is you weren't the first one there. You weren't the first one there. He was there before you got there. Look, John tells us that no one comes to the Father except they're drawn. That's a pretty good deal. I'm seeking for Jesus and he's already there. He doesn't hide. He's present. Today, you heard a message on worship. And the reason it touched your heart is because it was preached by a worshiper. That's right. And his call is that you do the same thing. When you talk about worship, and you're a worshiper, what did he say to us? When the presence of the Lord is there, everything changes. In case you didn't know, that is the entire philosophy of ministry in this church. That is the entire philosophy of ministry in this church is that without the Spirit of the Lord, there is no lasting change. So, we are so happy that every single person, every single Sunday is in this space where we are worshiping Him. We are all made spirit, soul, and body, and Satan is working body to get to our soul, and he'd love to 
He'd love to possess our spirit. But in the very moment, the spirit of Christ is from spirit working out of us into soul and body. And that's what we believe is life change. When we connect to the spirit of Christ, that's where it happens. That's why we defend this space. That's why we are so happy when you're in this space. That's why this is a sacred space. That's why we worship together in this space. We don't worship together to feel good. What moved you today wasn't feel good. What moved you today? There were moments that your emotions were moved. And then there were moments that your spirit was moved. Because we heard the word of God from a worshiper. You did a good job today, buddy. How about let's love the Lord together as in the last moment here as we are going to head out into our world. Take a song with us. When we sing, I need thee, oh, I need thee. And we're with people that need him too. We can just hold hands and sing it. And we're two or three, just two. Gather. There he is. sitting back there, <clears throat> back, and uh, Arna came by, hey, come sing with me, because he knows he likes to joke with me. My wife can sing, I cannot. Um, I kind of laughed out loud. <laughs> Probably my biggest fear, singing in front of people. Um, but maybe my ears were the ones that needed to be open, bro. I thought about you playing bass back here. Who am I to put my worship in a box? Right? I need you. More. I need you more than ever. Come on, everybody. I need you.
ever be ashamed. Come on, lift him up. Don't ever be ashamed to sing out and worship him. I wasn't supposed to close us, but uh, I'm here now. So, Deli, thank you for your words, man. We know where it comes from. I gotta, I gotta say this, because... Uh, <laughs> Lord is good because I want, I want you to be I want you to be encouraged today. I sat next to Jeremy last week, right over there, and I heard him singing, and it was so off key. But you know what I said right after that? Not to him. I didn't say this to him. He has no idea. But I told Kelly as soon as I got home, I said I want to speak to Jeremy and let him know. That the Lord loves his voice. No, literally. That the Lord is ravished by his voice because it is all of his heart singing to him. I, nobody knows that except for this woman right here. And I tell you that because our Father knows he cares. That Jeremy edified me by walking up here, being obedient to the spirit that is inside of him. Do you want to, you want all close? You want me close? You want, you want to close? Okay, all right, I'll close. I'll close. Well, yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your spirit that touches us. We thank you for your spirit that binds us together. We thank you for your spirit that leads us in your love, that leads us to places that we would never imagine we would go, onto stages we would never stand on, into rooms, into countries that we would never go. Lord, I thank you for your presence that changes everything, God. May you be blessed today. May you be encouraged today. And may you know that Jesus loves you today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. Be blessed today.